With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, with over 60 players to consider, the Black Fern squad of 32 for the Rugby World Cup was announced yesterday at College Rifles Rugby Club in Auckland with a clear message, once you're a Black Fern, you're always a Black Fern. And that message was shown through messages of support by former World Cup winners through the 31-year history of the team, exemplified by one of the greatest Dr. Farah Palmer, who read out the names one by one, and joining us now is someone who was there for the unveiling, rugby commentator extraordinaire Taylor Johnson. Taylor, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lily. Glad to be here and talk women's rugby. <laughs> yeah, absolutely fantastic. And boy, we'll be talking a lot of it in the next uh, month or two because uh, now we've finalised uh, finalised uh, the 32 players named yesterday. Obviously, some uh, really difficult phone calls and meetings for the selectors to have to leave out some Pretty good candidate. So who were the shock admissions for you, if there were any? I think definitely Chelsea Semple. You know, she's been a mainstay in the midfield for the Black Ferns. And, you know, she's a popular figure as the Waikato captain and, you know, um, led them to a title last year. And um, I think Tyler Nathan Wong, I think a lot of people expected her to be in there just because of her versatility because she can play halfback, fullback and first five um you know, both of them did suffer concussions earlier this year, but we're both available for selection. But I also think a big omission is Kaipo Olsen-Baker, the um, number eight from the Manawatu Cyclone. She was outstanding on her test debut earlier um, in the year for the Black Ferns. And I think, you know, she's had to make way for, you know, a fellow uh, Manawatu woman in Sarah Hidani. Uh And I think a lot of people were surprised at the amount of uh, Black Ferns Sevens players that jumped back into the team. Um, you know, in, re- in past World Cups, they would they would automatically go back into the side because they were the only professionals being paid full time. Um, but now that the Black Ferns introduced, you know, the full time contracts a couple of years ago, uh, it kind of even the playing field. So I think this would probably be the last year where we see the um, the jumping between sevens and fifteens in the team. But look, it's an exciting squad. But I do feel for the likes of Chelsea and, and even Kelly Brazier, you know, not being in this squad because she's definitely one who floats easily between uh, the 15s and the 7s program. Taylor, it's an interesting transition when you look at those 7s players as well because there have been a couple of, of ladies, Ruby Tui, Teresa Fitzpatrick, who have stayed with the 15s religiously and worked their way through Wayne Smith's preparations. But as you say, um, Sarah Hirani, Portia Woodman, Stacey Flula uh, stayed away uh, often on 7s duties. With the way the game is progressing, the 15s game progressing, is that a danger now? No, I think so. Like, um, you know, Ruby Tui, she's a really good example of someone who probably needed to stay back and, and play a little bit more on the wing because in her 15 game, we'd often see her at loose board or sometimes on the wing. And, and she really decided to hone her skills as a 15 player this year and stay behind and, you know, remove herself from that sevens program to really put her best foot forward. And the same with Teresa Fitzpatrick. She actually started off playing 15 before jumping into the sevens circuit. So her inclusion isn't that much of a surprise back into the squad but I do think yeah the games are changing you know the physicality you just have to look at Super Rugby Opiki and you know some of the sevens um, players played in that and they just weren't as physical as those who had played in the 15s but in saying that you know they still can be physical against these other sides but 
when you've got women playing in the 15th game week in and week out, there is a little bit of a difference in the game plan. Um, but I'm sure Wade Smith has a master plan for these women, and they definitely will be a good fit into the squad. Uh, they'll complement the other, you know, big ball carriers. <laughs> Taylor, is it, is it obvious now the Wayne Smith, can you see the Wayne Smith blueprint on this team already? I think so. Look, we only have to look at the, um, the end of year tour last year just to see things weren't really clicking from, um, you know, a set-piece point of view. Um, strike moves and things like that. But now you're actually seeing the players with a clear plan. You know, you see your pods set up nicely um, and you see them just willing to have a go and try different things. It's not the same um, game plan. You know, each time they come out um, of the shed, you know, if at the beginning of the game and halftime, you can see that they've changed the game plan um, according to what's happening. So I think Wayne Smith has given a lot of the players confidence to back their skill and to have a go and to really try something different. Okay, let's look at um, the leadership side of things on the field. They've gone for the co-captaincy style of uh, Rohe DeMont and Kennedy Simon. Are you a fan of that? I think so. I think because the team is really young um, and there is quite a bit of an experience, you know, you, you know, if you say an experience, you've got Kendra Cox there and Rene Wycliffe are in their fourth World Cup, but a lot of these players have never been to a World Cup before and I think having that double leadership on the field will be really beneficial, one in the forwards, one in the back. Uh, and Kennedy is really new in her test career as well. You know, less than 10 caps, I believe. Um, and, oh, she's not on 10 caps, did I say? Sorry. Uh, but it's just the presence that she brings and her calmness. And I think that's what uh, they're looking for, you know, someone to bring a real level head. Um, because, you, you know, you look at the, the forward pack from the last World Cup, there's only one standing, uh, you know, two standing, should I say? Sorry. And so it's a relatively new team and they just need, uh, the extra captaincy there, um, and they're all hey, Demond, Like she's a she's a cool, calm, collective player as well. So I, I like the style of going for two because they are two different people off the field as well. You know, one's a little bit more energetic, one's a little bit more relaxed. Um, so I, I like what they've gone for there. Okay, let's look at um, the areas that were troubling us against uh, England and France. So obviously, we won't really know until we get up against those power those power yeah. nations. Just uh, if we've closed that gap there, but. Have you seen um, us go forward in those particular areas that were a problem? I think our set piece was a big issue. Our, our scrum against the likes of England and France, you know, that England, they, they have scrum to breakfast. They love that. And, and it, it's, it's interesting to see the props, you know, there's been a lot of chopping and changing with the front row over the past two years. And, and you know, like, you've you got to look at Afina, Tanja, Wainohu and Santo Tomas. You know, they've only got one test each and they've made the squad because... There was a lot of uncertainty with the front rowers uh, for the season. We saw even um, chopping and changing from the Pacific Nations Cup that they had earlier uh, to the Laurie O'Reilly, you know, uh, props coming in and out because they still think they were trying to find the mould that they were looking for. And I think they've landed on, on the right team. You know, Tanya Kulunavali, she, she's a monstrous carrier and she carries more than anyone else in, in the team. When you look at the Fire Palmer Cup, she was up there with around 20 carries a game. She's a workhorse and and you've got the likes of Crystal Murray, who's a real skillful prop. And, and Whitney Hanson put it put it well. She said, look, you can't just scrum anymore as a prop. You need to have a whole full round of game. And I think that's what they've gone for there. But I definitely think, you know, it is a really different side that took on England and France in the end of year tour. And I'm really excited to see how that front row goes uh, in the World Cup. They've brought this new uh, mantra in which uh, they certainly uh, reinforced yesterday. Once a black fern, you're one for life. Um, that's quite special, isn't it? Particularly for the younger members of the squad coming in. Yeah, definitely. Just being at the College Rifles Rugby Club, um, you could really tell 
the, the camaraderie that was there and the sisterhood with the Black Ferns, you know, the, the former Black Ferns, um, you know, getting up and giving them all hugs and just saying, you know, it's, it's a real honour and privilege to wear that jersey. And they really have created a dynasty. Look, five rugby world cups is uh, unprecedented in, in the men's and women's game. And, and I think, yeah, it is a, that mantle that they have to hold on to because you got to remember it is a tournament and, you know, although some players missed out, um, they might be pulled into that squad because you've got to look at the squad and they've only got two first fives, but they've got six outside back. And so that is kind of worrying, you know, uh, if, if, you know, Rua or Hazel goes down and they're going to have to pull someone in. And so they have to have that positive mentality that, you know, I might not be in this squad yet, uh, but I'm still a black fern. So, yeah, it's got to be interesting um, with that with that split in the back. Only three specialist locks as well in the squad. That was interesting. Yeah, I think because they have got some dynamic loose boards, you know, but none of those loose boards really carry heights with them. Um, but I think they've got a plan by naming, you know, the six loose boards that they have and the outside backs that they are going to play a really expansive game. And, and you look at the likes of Chelsea Bremner, Jonah Nanwu and uh, Maya Kawani Kalani the three locks that were named. They are um, real hard workers and they're very fit. You know, so it's not uh, unusual to see you know just two locks play out a whole game and maybe leave one on the bench the whole time just in, as a just in case kind of scenario. Um, but you know, Aloise Blackwell, she was a big omission at the beginning of the year, and she, I think she did take that feedback on well around you know just getting a bit more fit and dynamic, and she was outstanding in the Fire Palmer Cup for Auckland. So I think she'll be standing close to her phone should anyone go down. Right. Okay. Let's um, look at the big factor, of course, is playing at home. Um, and and that adds a, a little bit of uh, quality to the whole event, but it also adds it adds expectation and it adds pressure. We saw that in the women's cricket World Cup as well, Taylor. So, uh, have they factored that in? You think? I think there's just a big level of excitement uh, for the Black Friends because they mainly play most of their tests outside of New Zealand, and uh, they've got a good warm up, you know, leading into this because they played multiple tests at home this year now, so they're used to that home crowd pressure. Uh, so I think, if anything, it's just excitement to be able to play at home. Um, you know, Kendra and Renee, I'll refer to them again. They've played, you know, four World Cups uh, abroad. Uh, this is Kendra's last World Cup uh, as she's announced her retirement. And I think, you know, the, the women will really want to get up and support them and, and get a win for Kendra and things like that. But I think the home advantage is really good. But the fact is, is it going to be an advantage? Because we still need people to come to the game. <laughs> We will, though. Uh, uh, we're on track, aren't we, for a, a massive crowd at Eden Park on October 8th. Yeah, like, yeah, at the moment, it's, it's still not sold out, and I know that they were wanting to sell out that game um, for uh, to have a record um, with women's rugby attendance. Um, but I think, you know, there's still quite a, a big portion of tickets to be sold, and so it would just be good if people, you know, come out of the regions and come up and, and watch and support the ladies. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a really exciting tournament. Okay, um, let's uh, look at the uh, other areas of uh, preparation, which is interesting. Um, I'm just reading an, um, a note here where they're, they're bringing the families into the camps uh, from Monday as they prepare. That's a big move. It is a big move, you know, and, and you know, some of these people um, are mums in the teams and things like that, and you just want to make sure that you're well-rounded and you really want to um, include the families from the get-go. I think that's a real big thing that's rooted in, in Māori and Pacific culture, and, you know, um, the Black Ferns have really embraced that at the moment. And I think it's just around carrying, you know, the players uh, and their families together, you know, as one team and to get some real alignment across the board, you know, so that 
Um, I know it is a homework cut, but just so they don't feel like they're away from their families all the time because, you know, you still need to focus focus mentally uh, on putting out your best performance and you're not going to do that if uh, you're worried about the kids back home and things like that. So I think it's just around getting alignment and also just some fucker for knowing a tanga, getting, um, getting to know each other's families a little bit more as well because no doubt people's mums and dads and partners will all be on the sidelines together cheering, so they might as well meet all together earlier. <laughs> It is. A, a, it's an interesting concept. I've, I've got to say, it's one I've, I've never really uh, heard of before. But uh, of course, it's important. The family, as you say, is very important. Also, uh, it's it's quite important too. I think for the future of of uh, women's rugby in terms of remuneration. Now we've seen New Zealand cricket come out and say male and female players will be paid on an equal pay pay scale on a game by game basis. Uh, this is a great chance for um, the Black Ferns to close that gap. Yeah, of course. You know, if if, if they can, um, you know, get the the viewership and the support that we know that they're more than capable of achieving, it definitely gives them the argument to to have that. Um, look, I think it would be great if they can and match that. And uh, you know, to New Zealand rugby's credit, you know, the past few years they have really jumped on board and making sure that everyone's getting paid. You know, there is a tier system. You know, if you've been around longer, or if you're new to the squad, or your age, and things like that. So. Uh, there's definitely room for improvement, but they are getting better in, in that uh, sense. Okay, so we we also know that this is a, a grand finale for one Kendra Coxedge, who's been one of the great servants uh, of the modern era of women's rugby. Um, it'll be sad to see her go, but what a what about a reflection on on Kendra, please? Oh, Kendra's an outstanding athlete. She made her debut back for the Black Friends in 2007. You know, it's 2022 now, and she still looks like she can keep going. It's just a personal decision of hers. I wouldn't be surprised if I see her turn out for a club team sometime next year and getting itchy feet. Uh, she's a great servant of the game. You know, she'll retire as the most cap black for ever. Uh, she scored the most points uh, out of anyone in the Fire Palmer Cup. She's the first person to reach over a thousand. You know, she holds almost every record there is for Canterbury. Uh, when it comes to the women's game. She's just a real breath of fresh air around the environment. And she's also very encouraging as well, and you can see that she's very passionate about the women's game. So it will be sad to see Kendra uh, hang up her boots. And she was very emotional after the win, uh, the win on the weekend with Canterbury, you know, realising you know, this is the last time to wear that jersey. So no doubt it'll be an emotional time for Kendra as well, but I also think it's extra motivation for the players in that team to make sure she gets her second fairy tale ending with the Blackburns. Just finally, Taylor, it is, what, uh, 25 days away, I think, uh, if I count correctly, 25 days away. So the reality is right here and now. Um, I just wonder what your expectations, what what are you expecting in terms of um, an overall performance by the Black Ferns and can they win this when you saw how much ground they had to make up from uh, the end of last year? Do you think they've closed that gap enough? Yeah, to be fair, after the end of year tour last year, we all had our doubts and I didn't think we would we would make the final. But after seeing the amount of work that all the ladies have put into this, uh, you know, in the Farah Palmer Cup, but also in the test matches leading up to it, I think we can definitely defend our title. You know, uh, it's, it's anyone's game at the end of the day, you know, even with the Wallaroos and when they played Australia recently, you know, the first test they bouted them, the second one it was much closer. So... It kind of depends who shows up on the day and who can rest their bodies right. You know, it's still a tournament. You still have a short turnaround between games and things like that. But I definitely think the Blackburns, you know, have a chance at getting a sixth title. Um, they've put themselves in that position, you know, with the likes of Wayne Smith and Wes Clark, uh, Whitney Hanson all, all playing a part in that. But they've also just got so much determination and mana within that squad that I don't think that they will 
uh, fold easily. Taylor, absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Uh, I, for one, can't wait. It's been um, it's been on the agenda, but when you see it's just next month and we've now got the squad, uh, reality comes in. So, hey, look forward to it. Um, I know you'll be heavily involved. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks, Nadia. Thanks for having me.